the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am Chris Raybon, and this is your AFC betting preview part one. In this episode, we're going to talk the AFC East. We're going to talk the AFC South. Part two will be out later, and it will be covering the AFC North and the AFC West. And here to break down all of the teams, all of the outlooks, all of the predictions, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, my good friend Stucky. Stuck, what is going on? What's up, brother? Football's in the air. 17 days. Uh, I'm excited to chop it up with you all season again. Hopefully win everybody a bunch of money again. Excited to talk some NFL. We'll be doing four episodes, two divisions in each over the next two days. So get ready. It's time. It's go time. Yes, sir. It's go time. So hope everyone out here finds some value from these. Obviously, we'll be back all season long during our weekly pod with the six pack. But here, we're just going to kind of go preview each team, talk about their win total, any other bets we might uh, like over or under, just our general outlooks. All right. So, Stuck, before we jump into the AFC East, uh, which we'll do first and we'll do the AFC South, I just want to get your kind of general thoughts on the AFC because from my vantage point, I think you have the Bills, you have the Chiefs, you have the Bengals, then you have a, a real gauntlet where I just feel like there are pretty much a half dozen, if not more teams that are in in the running for those four wild card spots. Is that kind of how you see the AFC uh, as well? Or are there more tiers uh, as you kind of power rank these teams? I, I think those are the three clear best teams in the AFC from a power rating perspective. But there's uh, a, a bit, like you said, a significant second tier. I think cracking the code of the AFC is trying to figure out who of those teams is can potentially emerge from the fold and who is going to fail to live up to expectations. But it is a gauntlet of a conference. The yes. difference between the AFC and NFC is just shocking. So from a macro perspective, when and we'll talk about this when we do our NFC previews. But when I was looking for longer shots, try and find a, a potential long shot for a Super Bowl future, I basically threw out the AFC. I just, I, it's almost impossible, really focused on the NFC for my long shot exercise. Because I think it's a much more viable path for one of these longer shots, the NFC, to just get through that conference, which is much weaker, the AFC is going to be brutal once again. It'll be fun to watch. Can't wait. Yeah, exactly. You know, gauntlet is the word I keep coming back to as well for the AFC. So let's start off with the Buffalo Bills. Their win total at FanDuel is 10.5. The over is juiced up to uh, about minus 144. Uh, Sean McDermott has led this team to the over five of his six years as the head coach, but we know double-digit win totals tend to not be 
plus EV bets going back to 2002 when the NFL expanded to 32 teams. Double-digit win totals are just 50, 64, and 6. That's uh, about a 44% win rate. I think if the Bills are to fall short of that total, offensive line might be a good place to start. You know, Deion Dawkins, really the only guy that graded out above average last year. And, you know, Questenberry struggling, Shell retired, Doyle's hurt. You got a rookie at right guard as well. So um, what are your thoughts about the Bills? For me, I kind of I think the O-line is something where I'd be a little bit uh, concerned. That's the red flag with the Bills uh, coming into this season. I mean, if you look last year, I mean, this is a team, I think people have soured on the Bills maybe a little too much. Football In the NFL, it's the margins are so thin. I mean, if they squib kick it, they win a Super Bowl. And last year, I had them power rated as, at the end of this regular season, as the number one team in the NFL. They won, th- what, 13 games? They had They shit the bed. Uh, against the Bengals. It happens. It's one game. This is still one of the best teams, team that I have power rated, actually number one coming into the season right there with the Chiefs. But the offensive line and just how it's looked and some of the injuries is a major concern. But if you look at last season, they did all that, the 13 wins with Mm -hmm. Allen potentially being hobbled. He wasn't fully healthy with the injury he was dealing with. And the defense... The defense just was absolutely ravaged with injuries. You know, now you get Hyde and Poyer reunited at safety. And I really spent a lot of time trying to dig into, and it's part part of it's a guessing game. But when are Hyde and Poyer going to, you know, fall off the cliff, right? They're getting older. I still think that they have one more really good year together as a duo. And in McDermott's system, it's very reliant on safeties. They do so much and they know the system so well and they allow the Bills to do so many different things on that defense. Now there's a question at one of the linebacker spots, but if Tredavious White can get back to, you know, he was hurt recovering from injury as well. You know, basically their three defensive captains didn't play a single snap together last year. And then you have the Von Miller injury and Von Miller Hyde, I think getting rest at their age like that might be a good thing coming into this year. But the defense will be able to do so many more things with those safeties back. And if Von Miller, when he comes back healthy, the defense is just at a different level when they're able to generate natural pressure, and he can still do that. Second corner, still a bit of a question. I think you're going to see a lot of heavy nickel and more dime. Taylor Rapp in there, who they signed near the line of scrimmage more often. But I really like the defense. It's you know going to watch what they do with that other linebacker spot. I'm not a Bernard guy, and that second quarter corner if someone can emerge. But this defense should be really good. The offense obviously still has Josh Allen. It just comes down to the offensive line, which could ruin everything. Like this team's still going to win. They're going to go to the playoffs, barring you know injury disaster. But that's really what's either going to make or break them reaching where Bills fans expect them to go to the AFC Championship, potentially win a Super Bowl. It's that offensive line, and that's what I'll be watching early and often because it's definitely a, a potential problem area. Yeah, I think I think the defense is, to your point, going to continue to be very good. Last season, the defense was second uh, had the second most adjusted games lost due to injury, uh, according to Football Outsiders. You know, they kind of look at all the 
games missed and kind of adjusted to weight starters more. Uh, but they were number two on offense. And I think this year, the offense may go through some some more struggles. You know, the O-line, they're also kind of going away from, I think, that super spread look. I think they're going to go more Dalton Kincaid and Kincaid, try to force defenses to either go with. Yeah. And, and that's it. So they're going to try to go to more, you know, make a defense. If, if you go base, we're going to we're going to beat your, you with Kincaid on a linebacker. Yep. But if you go nickel, we're going to try to run a little more. So I think that could be good for them. But it could also make them a, a little bit of a different kind of team. You know, they they may win lower scoring games. They might be a team we're looking at unders more uh, early in the year before the market adjusts. Uh, but, you know, out of the teams we're going to talk about that have a double digit win total, uh, the you know, I think the in the AFC at 10 and a half, I still feel better out the Bills than, you know, anybody in that AFC North where it's just kind of it's, it's a gauntlet really between all four teams. Uh, the Chiefs, I feel okay about as well, but um, I think you know I'm not as down on the Bills as I expected to be. I thought their win total might even be 11 and a half, uh, but at 10 and a half, I think it could go either way uh, at this point. But yeah, the O line is 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 a real is a real concern. The defense should be should be good to go, but they're, they're, I think the offense will look different regardless with uh, more two tight end looks. I love the addition of Kincaid, and you know they're gonna, you're going to see more mm-hmm. two tight end looks. You know it's year two of Dorsey calling plays, getting a little bit more comfortable as an offensive coordinator. Now their win total is over ten and a half juice. It's like yeah, you know really ten like eight, 10, 9. Yeah, exactly. When I project them eleven point four. Part of that, I think you agree with me. We're going to get to them in a sec. We think the Jets are a tad bit overrated. I think the Patriots are in for a really long, tough year. And the Dolphins, we'll talk about them, but I've soured a bit on Miami. Yeah. So, you know, part of that Bills projection of 11.4 obviously takes some of that into account. So, yeah, if I had to bet the Bills win total, I would actually go over. 16 games last year. They won 13 of them. One of the losses was a loss that probably played that game a thousand more times they don't lose was, was the game against Minnesota. Uh, How about the game against were, Miami? Had you play a, that a thousand times. They probably yeah, don't lose that. A, a two-point loss to Miami in Miami when no one could – everywhere just had heat exhaustion. And uh, a three-point loss to the Jets, which, you know, in the division, that's fair. But you had no losses by more than three points. You went 13-3. and three. Now the win total is 10.5. So, yeah, I thought this was going to be a team that I would end up fading. You kind of – anytime you have a team that has so much success, you kind of think like that entering the year. But – Ten and a half, a little bit too low for me for uh, for Buffalo. So I'd win over as well. Let's talk about the, the Miami Dolphins because they, you know, I think both of us kind of agreed they looked like that team that if there was there were going to be a team to to kind of upset the Bills, Miami would be right there and maybe a little underrated compared to the Jets. But Jalen Ramsey losing him for whatever amount of time he's going to be out till some point in the season. Uh, that's not that, that that knocks the defense down a peg. Xavier Howard's also thirty, which I know you know you always kind of talked about. Cornerbacks tend to kind of go downhill around that age, uh, and he started to last year. Even he was graded out just in a thirty third percentile among corners at PFF. So, what are your thoughts on Miami uh, as it stands right now? Yeah. By the way, speaking of the Dolphins and the Bills, to tie the two together, the best news I can give Bills fans this year is you will travel down to Miami week 18 the where yep. the heat is <laughs> the lowest it can possibly be um yeah my the, the Ramsey loss is huge uh, i he he could have done him and Holland could Vic Fangio could have done so many different things with both of them and now with him 
injured. I have my doubts about Howard, as you mentioned, now 30, trending downward, 30 and like dealing with a lot of injuries in recent seasons and the trajectory isn't great. So I have major questions about the secondary in a 180 of a scheme change. I love Mm -hmm. Fangio, but there's going to be an adjustment period here. I'm really that's going curious. from a lot of a lot of man in the last game uh, to a lot more zone, right? Yep, and yep, yeah, and like from single high to to double high, way fewer blitzes. You're gonna, you know, it's a lot more, um, you know, simulated pressures and just you the the philosophy of Fangio's defenses are really confuse the quarterback, force them into a lot of shorter throws you know, take away the explosive play and eventually making a team go down the field, you're going to create havoc, make a play, force three and out, force a turnover. Big philosophical shift from what Miami did before, and it might take some time, maybe a season or two. Speaking of adjustments, I'm also curious to see what McDaniel does with this offense because the league adjusted to him. This offense was untouchable for the first, what, until they played the Chargers. Ironically, they, and, you know, teams started playing more press man and getting up into, you know, these smaller, speedier receivers and throwing off the timing. Yes. And, you know, then Tua went out. So we we didn't really see McDaniel, you know, kind of, counter back what's he going to do and he's had a whole offseason look at it and the interesting thing is they start with the chargers so we're going to see uh you know the chargers kind of had their the antidote for what they were doing and now we'll see them play in week one i still have uh, you know a little some questions about the offensive line but i want to see how they adjust on offense and then can tua stay healthy I mean, you have that many concussions. It's just one hit. Like This is a thing that it's not like, hey, I'm healthy now. Like This is a compounding thing when you have concussions. So that's certainly a concern. So, yeah, I, I think the the defense is going to take some time. The Ramsey loss is just massive. I project Miami, and their win total sitting around nine and a half. I'm pretty yep, it's spot actually on. actually even ex- on both sides. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty spot on the nine and a half, so... Um, I don't see any value in the win total, but, you know, I would say a couple months ago, it was a team that I was thinking about potentially looking at for a long shot in a semi long shot in the AFC or the division. And I've decided to pass there uh, after kind of digging deeper. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, I, I I think Miami's win total nine and a half is about right. I think you know in that nine to nine and a half range is, is right, but uh, I think Miami's probably going to be a little more run heavy. And I was at that Charger game uh, when, and it, it, to me, it just looked like you know having more guys up at the line of scrimmage, having more and more zones, you know, in that intermediate short to intermediate area. It, it just seemed like you know it took to a extra beat to to kind mm-hmm. of process what was going on and you, know, you take away that first reader you disrupt it with timing and it's a very timing based offense um i think you could cause problems and yeah you know, I, I think that's you know when you talk about a guy who has to make sure he doesn't get hit in the pocket you know we could see this offense limited a bit just for that reason also they got lucky you know Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle didn't miss a game 
last year. Uh, they still don't have much at tight end to speak of. If if one of those guys does go down, at least Kasicki was more of like a pass catcher. So uh, yeah, this this offense. I think this team in general still has a, a low floor. Their ceiling is high, uh, especially when Ramsey's healthy and, and if two is healthy. But the floor is low. So um, like if I had to pick one of these AFC teams. You know, to miss the playoffs, the Dolphins are about even money each way for that. I'd actually go with them missing just because you know, I think that AFC North is going to have, you know, potentially three teams in the playoffs. And I, I think the Dolphins are just kind of lumped in still with the Jets here, uh, trying to, you know, Buffalo is that clear uh, top top dog in the AFC East. But, um, yeah, the Dolphins, I think that, that Ramsey injury is, is a killer for them. Yeah, you mentioned, position Hill, strength Hill and potential weakness. you mentioned Hill and Waddle. If either one of those goes down, mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, it's a who, different offense. Who's, who's in there? River River Craycraft or uh, <laughs> Eric Azukama had a, a, a good uh, preseason game the other game. so maybe he gets some more playing time. I know they got Barrios to kind of take the Sherfield role, but yeah, it's not an impressive offense, not an impressive group of pass. I think Devon A. Chain, the rookie running back, could be a lot more involved in the pass game uh, if they need more juice. You know, he has some speed, uh, and they do have Moster and Wilson still there, so they could kind of use him as more of a chess piece but yeah there, there's a low floor on this dolphin team so and, and, like i don't i don't really want to bet like their median win total either way like you said i think it's more or less right they, they just above average kind of team you know nine nine-ish win team uh but uh yeah it's, it's not looking as good as it did maybe a, a month or two ago so um yeah i think they're kind of lumped into this gauntlet with the with the jets who are also at nine and a half uh Little more juice to the over than Miami, minus one twenty two to the over at FanDuel or the Jets now. A lot of people the first thing I always wonder with a team like the Jets, you know, hard knocks, there's a lot of hype behind this team. I'm actually surprised to learn that teams on hard knocks are nine, eight, and one to the over. So it's not I would have thought they would have had more of a an underlean just due to the hype. Uh, in the last six years, five of them have gone under, so maybe that is catching on as betting becomes more popular. But uh, overall, no real edge either way, fading or not fading uh, the hard knock team. Uh, but, you know, where are you on the Jets now? I know we were kind of coming into the season looking to, to fade them just based on all the Aaron Rodgers hype and the fact that the defense was super lucky to be as healthy as it was last year. But uh, what are you thinking as, as we sit here at the end of August? Yeah, the the defense is certainly legit. And that's what happens when you draft a cornerback in Sauce Gardner, who I was obsessed with in college. And he's even become more elite quicker than I thought. And I was his biggest fan in college. And I think anyone thought, but yet, you know, you bring in an elite corner like that, it can change everything in a hurry. And the jets went from what, like a bottom five defense to a top five defense. And it wasn't fluky. Like it wasn't like turnover based. And it wasn't like they just were, you know, extraordinarily lucky in the red zone and third downs. Like this defense is legit. The concern would be, yeah, they were extremely healthy all season. So does the injury bug hit them? A much more, but I, but I believe in the defense for sure. Um, it was solid second year as well. I've many more concerns about the offense. You know, it's first of all the offense is one hundred percent better than it was last year because you yep. actually have a, a competent quarterback at the minimum. And last year you had the worst quarterback in the league. The question then becomes, what is the ceiling of the offense with Aaron Rodgers? Who is Aaron Rodgers now? Um, he is you know, 
what how how old is he didn't he forget uh if he just had a birthday um Aaron Rodgers is he's 40, now right? no he's he is he, he will be 40 on December 2nd of this season okay so he's gonna be 40 years old it's an age 40 season that's his, yeah yeah age 40 season and if you look at some of the metrics over the past year specifically like this deep ball it looks like he's on a decline, which would make sense. But then there's, you know, hey, he was injured last year. He was dealing with an injury. So maybe that contributed. I tend to think it makes sense that he would be on the decline. So he's certainly not the quarterback that he was. He recently had an MVP season. And he's now playing in front or behind a pretty shaky offensive line. Like that's one of my biggest questions about this team. Like what's going to happen? The key to this whole team might be Mackay Becton. Like, who like, is he going to get it together? Is he going to end up? Well, he did have a really good pre yeah, preseason good game. Pre-season. The last time yeah. He's like last time out who, that it was. Yeah, but who Finally. knows? Uh, <laughs> can is he going to start at right guard and maybe other pieces you know fall into place? But there's certainly some major concerns about this off offensive line, and rightfully so. And you know that's not ideal for a 40-year-old aging quarterback who can't really move around. So, and on top of that, you have the hire of Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, this is just everything they did was just for Rodgers. Like, just bring in his buddies at the receiver, um, bring in his buddy to be the offensive coordinator. And, like, part of me thinks Rodgers is just going to run the show on his own, and it's not going to be the most efficient offense Rodgers marches to the beat of his own drum if things go wrong early on you know they're in the AFC it's a tough schedule the New York media I mean it could get ugly fast and just I could see things getting contentious so I don't love the all I don't love the offensive coordinator hire um I'm not sure what we're going to get from Rodgers but the offense look it's definitely improved. They had Rodgers last year, no doubt a playoff team. But I project the nine two nine three. Their win total sitting at what translates to about nine, nine and six. Half. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nine five nine six. Um, so it's a pass for me. I'm just really intrigued to see how this offense comes together, particularly the offensive line, and then what the play calling looks like, and then what Rodgers has left in the tank if he can. Has the form that he did two years ago, God bless him, and the Jets are a real contender. Um, but I have my doubts. Yeah, and that defense was top five in DVOA. The two times Rodgers has had a top five defense, 2009 and 2010. 09 was that crazy wild card game against the Cardinals with a 51-45 loss. Uh, but in 2010, that was the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. So he was also 28. Of, exactly. You know, that's what I was getting to. It's not the usual type of defense, but this is also – not the Rodgers we've seen even a couple years ago when he was winning those MVPs. He pretty much had his worst season in in many metrics uh, and in many ways last year. If you look at you know his uh, QBR was thirty nine point three. You know that was that's easily a career low. So that you know at age thirty nine that does worry me. You know even with I know he was playing kind of with a thumb injury, but Garrett Wilson we love him, but he's not Devontae Adams. You know is it, is there going to be some take some time to kind of truly get acclimated there? Um, you know, this Hackett, Hackett, Rogers combo. What is that? You know, is outside of the LaFleur, 
um, you know, kind of scheme and 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 whatnot is is it going to be the same? Is the MVP years? There's a lot of question marks here. So, and this is going to be a theme for these AFC teams. You want to wean under for any of these teams, especially if you're you're looking to make a bet and you're kind of not sure either way. You know, it's a, it's a pass for me, but I do have them a little lower than nine and a half. But there's just there's only so many teams that are going to be able to get to double digit wins and make the playoffs in this AFC. There's a lot of teams here in the AFC, so. Everything breaks right for their defense and it's able to stay healthy. You know, Rodgers isn't going to lose you a ton of games. I just, mm-hmm. you know, he might, it, it might kind of be like that Brady year last year where, you know, he's going to get rid of the ball really quick, especially if the OI isn't good. You know, if the defense keeps him in it, they'll win games. If they don't, it'll look like, you know, eight and nine or seven and 10, like with the Bucks last year. So um, that's where I am with the Jets. Stuck, we're doing these episodes because the NFL season is almost here, and I know that you and I can get so busy, sometimes we forget to do basic things, basic things like eat food. That's why we're excited about our new sponsor, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They hook you up with delicious, chef-prepared, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door, So you save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. What we like about Factor the most are three things. First, you don't have to do any chopping, prepping, or cleaning up. Second, you still get great flavor and the nutritional quality you need to tackle challenging topics like the Patriots offense. And third, Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So this August, run your own two-minute drill with Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Just select your meals and enjoy fresh meals delivered straight to your door. Head to factormeals.com slash action network pod 50. That's action network pod 50 and use code action network pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code action network pod 50 at factormeals.com slash action network pod 50 to get 50% off the Patriots you mentioned that I think they are going to be in for kind of a rough year their win total was seven and a half at FanDuel the under is juiced to minus 142 now Belichick is 17 nine and two over uh, but a lot of that of course has come with Tom Brady at the helm defense was number three in DVOA uh, but what are you seeing for this Pats team uh, in 2023 yeah, the Patriots in the post Tom in the excuse me the post Philip Dorsett are are twenty five and twenty five since <laughs> Dorsett left. Um, uh. No, but since Brady left, they're they're just twenty five and twenty five, and I, I don't know if Belichick is just at the end of the road and uh, he's just tired. Um, I mean, his defense <laughs> last year was still good, but just some of the things you see. The yeah. discipline, the mistakes, the special teams were a disaster. That never would happen nope. uh, under Belcher. I think they were dead last in DVOA on special teams. That's shocking for a Patriots team. It's one of the reasons they completely overhauled their special teams unit. So hopefully they get a bump there. Uh, but, you know, it's on the positive side, the defense has is going to be good i don't know like last year was probably the peak of how they could perform um so i don't think they're going to get you know any better they're not going to get you know any extra wins from the defense if anything the defense could only take a a slight step back the good news is it's going to be a good defense and the offense at least will have some structure 
last year was just I, I don't know what there another thing. What was Belichick doing? Like handing the reins to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, like just mind blown. So now you bring in Bill O'Brien. Um, the hope is that you know that he can control the offense and Belichick maybe can rein in some of those other issues on special teams, the discipline, and you will actually have an offensive coordinator calling offense. What a concept. The problem, and, you know, O'Brien and Mac Jones have a lot of familiarity with each other. They were together at a marriage at Alabama, and Mac Jones obviously thrived there, but it was Alabama. Look at all the talent that he had. Um, So, but I look at this offense. I, I like the hire, and the staff should just be more competent overall. But I just don't like what they did in the offseason to try to help Jones, who I'm not necessarily a big believer in. The wide receiver group is extremely underwhelming, one of the most underwhelming in the league. And the offensive tackle positions are very worrying. And it was a problem the other night in preseason. And you know it's just preseason, but it was something that I'm extremely, was extremely worried about coming in to the preseason and obviously the regular season with, you know, Trent Brown is who they, you're they're right tackle, left tackle. I mean, everything is just up in the air and it could, you know, throw in now Mac Jones, who just looks like he took a step back last year, obviously not in a great situation, but a very underwhelming wide receiver group. Like this offense is going to struggle. And I just don't think they have enough firepower to really compete in the AFC. Oh, and by the way, per my power ratings, they have the number one most difficult schedule in the NFL. It is a absolute gauntlet from start to finish. I'm going to bet on something to happen that hasn't happened in 25 years. And that is the Patriots to finish last in the division, minus 120. Uh, I make it closer to about minus 150. This division is obviously one of the best in the NFL. We just went through the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. You know, the Jets are obviously much more improved on offense now. There's a chance that the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets all finish with nine-plus wins. You know, Maybe the Patriots steal a couple wins late and they finish eight and nine and finish in last place. But they would go; they would actually go over their win to, over their win total, and the under is actually taking some money. So I actually prefer finishing in last over the win total. I lean the under on their win total as well. I think it's just going to be a long year in Foxborough. This offense just has way too many question marks in a loaded conference and a loaded schedule. They're going to be one of those teams that's a tough out every week because I do think their defense is going to be good. I think their defensive game plans will be good, but you know, you got to play Kansas city in Foxborough. You got to play Philly in Foxborough. Uh, The chargers come to Foxborough and then you go on the road, you're going to Dallas, Pittsburgh, Denver, which is not easy, even if they're not great. Uh, You know, Denver's a lot better at home as they, you know, it usually is. And then that AFC East, yeah, it's going to be tough to get to to eight nine wins as the fourth best team. 
Uh, I lean under as well. And, you know, I don't mind, you know, taking the under. It's a little juiced up, but you know, there's always a chance that a team like the Jets or Dolphins, you know, especially the Dolphins, I think some injuries, things could bottom out for, for one of those teams. But uh, I do think the Patriots, as it stands coming into the year, are the fourth best team. Uh, and there is a, pre- a significant tier uh, drop from them to the, you know, Jets and Dolphins. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to take right. a, a bit of the under. My biggest position will be on them finishing in last. But you're right, there's I'll take some under as well since I show a tad bit of value. I'm low on them. And then, you know, in the event that, you know, Tua has a concussion in week one, Rodgers, you know, tears his ACL and one of these teams or Josh Allen, you know, breaks his leg. And then you, then all of a sudden one of these other teams, you know, the floor falls out and the Patriots still only win six or seven games. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I'm going to, I'll probably have a little bit of the under, but I like them finishing in fourth minus minus one twenty. When I price it out, I make it closer to minus one fifty. And by the way, they also, one of their home games against the Colts, is overseas. They lose a home yep. game there. So yeah, it's just it's a brutal schedule. I mean, look, they, they start Philly, Miami, at the Jets, at Dallas. Could start zero and four, and who knows what what's going to go on with Mac Jones and and that offense from there. Yeah, agreed. It's uh, it, it should take some time. Uh, it should be a better spot than last year, but um, the team might be better than last year, but the record might not be. Uh, All right, let's go and talk this AFC South. And I think both of us agree that there's some value on the Titans. Uh, I like their win total over seven and a half. I like their division odds at plus 310. Uh, You know, for me, and there's a lot of things to to like about the Titans kind of bouncing back, but I think the best way to put it is we've seen Mike Vrabel, who we both love as a coach, four and one to the over on the win totals. The one under was last season. They started seven and three last year, then go on a seven game losing streak. Four of those losses, one score. Three of those Ryan Tannehill missed. One was a game where they lose to the Texans by five. Malik Willis throws for 99 yards and two picks. They lose a game to Jacksonville, you know, for the playoffs where they're up 16 13 with under three minutes to go before their street free agent quarterback who's replacing Willis uh, gets fumble six. So this Titan team, even last year with the, all those injuries, not far off from what we usually see, the, you know, this team do. So, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, healthier defense, you know, Tannehill's still there, probably a better situation at backup than last year at least. Uh, I, I think this team can can hold it, you know, stay right there with Jacksonville and challenge for the division. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. We'll be betting Tennessee to win the division. I think you can maybe find a plus 350 out there maybe. Um, as always, shop around. I Look, the the narrative changes in the NFL are always so fascinating to me. But as you mentioned, the Titans were 7-3 and three, and the Jaguars were 3-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. The Titans were also the reigning number one seed in the AFC the year prior. Um, and... Then the Titans just, you know, suffered all kinds of injuries across the board, especially on defense, but then, you know, even to Tannehill. And it was just, everything just snowballed on them. Then you had the Jaguars, who went on a run to close out the year, get to the playoffs. But let's 
can we take a closer look at that run? The run started really after the bye week. And look, there's no doubt that Trevor Lawrence took a step forward. Things started to click for him, and he, he definitely improved, and the offense could have even more potential this year, adding Calvin Ridley. You know, could open up the top uh, of that offense and open things up for the other receivers, and you know, you would anticipate that Lawrence continues to make strides. But let's let's take a look at that run. They beat Baltimore on a two-point conversion by one. And then they lose by 100 at Detroit. Then they beat, you know, that a beat-up Tennessee team. They beat Dallas in overtime on a pick six. They beat Chris Streveler and Zach Wilson and the Jets. They beat the Texans. And then they beat Josh Dobbs and the beat-up Texas, the Titans again, barely, 20-16 to 16 in the game for the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, you know, they're down 30 to nothing in the Chargers pull to Chargers. So, like, that run is just, who did it really come against? Um, and, you know, all the bounces went their way. I still have a lot of questions about this team. The offensive line, number one, still has major question marks. You know, you have the Cam Robinson suspension as well. And the defense is still... Very poor, uh, in my opinion. The pass defense is extremely underwhelming. You know, it, and also, they didn't get, they barely had any injuries across the board for what it's worth yep. last year, offense and defense. And guess what's rearing its ugly head already? Injuries on defense. I mean, you had Devon Hamilton, who's really important today, was found, was seen on crutches. Is a back injury. They don't know when he's going to return. Smoot is not expected back until October. They signed uh, Mondo as a free agent for some depth um, in the interior. He's on injured reserve. So, you know, they have Fadakasi's week to week with a foot injury. So the trenches on that defensive line, on that defense, are already in question and the injuries are already starting to rear their ugly head which will really, really impact the run defense, which is actually legit. And, you know, schematically and just personnel-wise, they should be good against the run. But their pass defense is very poor. Um, and I, I, I have questions about this team. This is that uh, people just remember that late run last year and I think are too infatuated with the Jags. They're vulnerable. I think the Titans can take full advantage. Uh, like, look, I trust Rabel. I like the defense. You know, there's some questions at, at linebacker for sure, but the defensive line is really strong. And, you know, they got a lot of experience last year with all of those injuries. The Hopkins addition is just massive. Like, it, I, it can't, like, just uh, your possession, first down, reliable guy. That means also you're not asking as much of Traylon Burke. So I think can really, really take advantage and explode this year. You have a really promising tight end who has a ton of explosiveness as well. And by the way, I said that I was president of the uh, Sauce Gardner fan club in college. Well, last year I was the president of the Tajay Spears fan club. I love him, and I love just him as a change of pace, little thunder and lightning back, and uh, I think he can actually do some things for this offense. The big, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator who 
like last year, the Titans were so good in the first quarter, and then they could not move the ball at all. And I think that just Todd Downing would start game planning, come up with the script, and then just start drinking, and then forget <laughs> about the rest of the game. I don't know what happened. So that can only get better from a play-calling predictability standpoint. The biggest question on this team, which is certainly a concern and could really collapse everything, is the offensive line. Um, you know, the Petit Ferrer suspension is massive. He's going to miss the first six games. They're projected starting right tackle. So, like, what are they going to do? I don't know. Some of the other pieces are very questionable. You, you, you got to hope Andre Dillard steps up at left tackle. But, like, are they going to move Skaronsky, the, the rookie who I like, but he's a rookie? Could they move him the right tackle? But then if you do that, you know, then you're moving your right guard to left guard. You're moving Brunskill probably to left guard. You're moving all these guys around, which, you know, could go very wrong. But then when Petit Ferrer comes back, then you're moving everyone back again. So, like, midseason. So I'm fascinated to see what they do with this offensive line because it's certainly a concern. That suspension really threw a wrench into this offense. So that's definitely a concern regardless um, I agree. I see value in the over. I project 8.5, and their win yep. total sit at 7.5, juice a little bit to the over. And I'll be on the Titans to win the division as well. After everything went wrong for them last year and everything went wrong for Jags, I think the bounces could go the Titans' way. And generally speaking, when Vrabel you know, doesn't have everything fold in on him like last year, He's going to overperform expectations, and yep. he's probably going to win a few of those, a few more coin flips than not. So yeah, like the Titans, selling the Jags, leaning under on the Jags as well. But I don't think the Titans can win more than like ten games in the AFC. So you know, taking the Titans for the division is in a way an indirect, you know, some indirect exposure on the Jaguars under at a much juicier price. Because I think in order for the Titans to win the division, they probably finish like 10 and 7, even 9 and 8 with a tiebreaker. And then the Jags finish, you know, 9 and 8, 8 and 9. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the Titans over has a ton of value, especially for a win total over, which you don't usually see. I already bet their uh, division odds. I still like it. Uh, It's still, you know, floating around, like you said, plus 310 to plus 350. Uh, and for the Jags, you know, just to add to what you talked about, you know, this team, it looks sexy on paper, but it really is all about their skill position, guys. Lawrence, Ridley, Kirk, uh, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. You know, outside of them, their O-line is pretty shaky. You don't really have anyone who graded out above average. Uh, you know, Robinson is, is going to miss the last four games. And then on defense, you know, this was a – the 26th-ranked defense in DVOA, 30th against the pass. Didn't really do much in the offseason. Now, they should be better in the sack department. They were fourth in pressure rate, uh, but the sacks didn't really match up. But still, you know, especially with, as you mentioned, the, the depth concerns, the injury luck kind of evening out. Uh, the defense could be an issue. The O-line could be an issue. So you're really just talking about a team with great skill players, which is enough in this division, but I agree, I think, the Titans are, are the team to bet here, and another way to get some exposure to some, you know, a, a way to bet the Jags under. You could bet them to miss the playoffs uh, at plus one fifty eight on FanDuel. I've seen it; I think as high as plus one ninety, because you don't expect two teams to come out of the AFC South just with how tough the AFC is 
you know, the Jets and Dolphins in the East and the uh, all four teams in the North and, you know, the Chargers, maybe even the Broncos in the West. Doubt two teams will come out of the South. So whoever wins that division, so you could bet Titans to win the division and also bet Jags not to make the playoffs, both of those at, at you know, plus money. Uh, that's how I kind of uh, attack those two squads. All right. Football season is officially back, which means a lot of new listeners for the show, a lot of new viewers. So now is a great time to talk about first impressions and whether you're a football team or a football fan, you want to make a good one. For me, that means taking care of my skin, which I'm doing with the help of our new sponsor, Caldera Lab. Caldera Lab has a skincare routine I can do quickly so I can get back to placing bets. It's just two products in the daytime, two at night. And since we're all about the numbers here, I should mention that Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skincare and clinical trials found 94% of men's skin showed an overall younger looking appearance after using Caldera Lab for just a few weeks. That means Caldera Lab is even more of a lock than Stucky leading off the six pack with the ugliest underdog of the week. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive offer, the best offer anywhere, for Caldera Lab, use code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code ACTION at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions that lead to those magic words, you look younger. Get 20% off at calderalab.com with code ACTION. Let's talk about the uh, Texans and Colts here. Uh, they're kind of tied for with a win total of six and a half. Uh, we like the Titans over seven and a half. We Jags lean under nine and a half. But the Colts and Texans are both six and a half now. The Texans, they're a team that I thought, you know, earlier in the offseason might be a sharp kind of, you know, bet them over. I, I think they're going to be a team that I'm going to be betting on as a dog a lot of weeks because this is not the same tanking Texans. Like, you know, they traded the, the first round pick to Arizona. They got their quarterback. You know, they, they did sign some veterans, so the roster isn't, you know, in, in complete tank mode. You know, Jimmy Ward, uh, Dalton Schultz, uh, some some guys, you know, the receiving core should should be – some options there with, with Dell and, you know, Robert Woods I'm not expecting much from, but got Mechie. Uh, and then the Colts, you know, they're, you know, they're also going to start a rookie quarterback, you know, in Anthony Richardson. Um, so how are you kind of differentiating be- between – uh, both of these teams, uh, and do you have a lead, you know, which one is going to finish last? Is there any value on, on the overs or the unders, or what, what are you thinking with these two? The tanking Texans, I mean, the anti-tanking Texans, they forgot the tank, didn't get the number one overall pick, and I think that's ultimately going to cost them down the line, as I think Young will be better than Stroud. Uh, and then the Texans, I don't know what they were doing with that trade for Will Anderson, giving up all that they did. That's going to doom them in the future, but it'll help them this year. For sure. Uh, I'm not a believer in like Stroud rising to this star quarterback level at any point in his career, but he's pro ready. He's extremely accurate, especially when he's protected. And I actually really like this Texans offensive line. When healthy. Yeah, when healthy. But they were already pretty good. Yep. You know, you have some pretty good tackles. And now you add, you know, you added Scruggs. Shaq Mason was uh, an- another good get. And then, as you mentioned, they brought in Dalton Schultz. I actually think that they can find enough weapons from what they got. I I really like Tank Dell. I actually really like Xavier Hutchinson as well. He's an intriguing uh, piece that maybe can contribute some. And then you got Nico Collins and Noah Brown. Not sure how much you'll get from Robert Woods, but maybe he's just a good veteran presence to have in that younger wide receiver room. 
and for yeah, Stroud and for as Stroud. well. So yeah, I I don't mind the offense, and I actually did. Didn't the special teams are sneaky good. Um, look out for for Dell potentially contributing there as well. But good punter, reliable kicker, good coverage units last year, and then the defense. I kind of like a little bit. I think this could be a you know average defense, not a, a really bad one. They have you know I like the Jimmy Ward signing. Jalen Petrie is a stud. I've watched him a lot. Uh, I think he could be a really good safety in this league. And then Derek Stingley flashed. He showed some flash and potential last year before he got injured at one cornerback spot. You know, and then you got Desmond King in the slot, Stephen Nelson, Shacker, and some veterans. So like the secondary could be decent and then you sign you know I also like Malik Collins you get Will Anderson to help the pass rush Jerry Hughes was really good last year then you sign some like veterans at linebacker to try and get Harriman. one more contract yeah like yep. Harriman Kirksey Littleton so I, the defense has some pieces so this is not you know the Texans of the last couple of years that are just just dreadful I actually think that they're a better team than the Colts um, you know, both similar. They got rookie quarterbacks, you know, you have new coaches. Um, but I think Stroud is more NFL ready right now. Um, is, is more NFL ready right now to come in, contribute. He's way more accurate. And yeah, I think that I, I like this team. I power rate them ahead of the Colts. We'll talk about in a second. So I like the Colts. We talked about, you know, the Jags, you know, unless um, unless Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, they're not finishing last. We like the Titans this year. So I can get plus 200 on the Colts finishing in last, which I love. And I also like the Colts under. I think it's currently sitting at, what, six, six and a half. Yeah, really like six six. You can get I think plus money and under six and a half. I project five point seven eight wins, and yeah, I don't. It's a first time coach, a rookie quarterback who, look, he's gonna have he has unbelievable athleticism and talent, and he's gonna make some unbelievable plays that make you go wow every week. But I don't think he's NFL ready right now. Um, he played behind a ridiculously good offensive line last year at Florida with a really good backfield. And if you look at his underlying metrics, as far as like accuracy, catchable balls, not great. And now he's playing in front of an offensive line that just continues to get worse and worse and worse. And I, why are we just to assume that they're going to go back to what 20 to 2024 where all we've seen the last two years, I mean, Quentin Nelson, I don't, don't know what's really happened to him. He went from so dominant to just meh now. And there's obviously questions at right guard. Kelly has regressed a bit. Uh, you know, the tackle positions are questionable as well. And then you look at the even their skill position players. Like Michael Pittman would be a good two. I don't necessarily think he's your reliable one. What's even going on with Jonathan Taylor? Um, that's a question mark as well. But with Richardson's, and I don't like the coordinator hires either. And then you look at the defense. We we know Shaq Leonard doesn't exist since he changed his name. Um, I I like, you know, some of the pieces they have on the defensive line, but the secondary is very questionable. Uh, so yeah, I think when you compare these teams, I like the 
Texans overall roster better. And I think Stroud is more NFL ready right now to come in and contribute. And even if you look at the Colts schedule at the end of the, the season, like it's, it's rough. It's, you know, at Tennessee, at Cincy, Pitt, at Atlanta, you know, you get Vegas and Houston to close up the year. And it's going to be an overall easy schedule with their, with their division. But, you know, after the bye week, it's tough games in there. And that's maybe when you would expect Richardson to take a, a step forward. So, yeah, I like the Colts under, and I like the Colts finishing in last place. A slight lean to the Texans over. I kind of this roster is kind of sneaky. Yeah, I, yeah, I will be. I, I, I will be looking. I, I agree with you. I'll be looking to back them. By the way, on a week to week basis. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the Colts. I like that. You know, kind of finding a different way, but beyond just the win total uh, to go under. And I should point out, and this applies to the Texans and Colts. You know, teams that have a top ten pick at quarterback start eight or more games as a rookie, going back to 2002. Just 11, 18, and 2 toward the win total over 38% over the last 10 seasons, uh, down to just 27%, uh, just 4 11, 4 and 11 with two pushes. So, I mean, I, I probably, I think, you know, the Texans, I, I would have leaned over definitely at the five and a half. I think this line is a little, a lot more in, in tune. I think they'll be competitive week to week. And I think I'd rather bet them that way than necessarily take their win total, uh, over because seven wins that's still it still seems like a stretch to me I just think I think they'll be in a lot of games D'Amico on def you know defensive minded coach better defense decent O-line when healthy um you know so I think the Texans will hang around and you know very you know still juiced up to the over so I don't hate it but um definitely looking for ways to fade the Colts and, and I do think the Texans are the third best team uh in this division and, and they'll, they'll look a, a lot different from just the tank version of them last year yeah, uh, I should okay. I should clarify that yeah. I'm not betting I'm not betting the Texans over. Don't show any value now. Yeah, did like it at five and a half. Slight lean to the over. Gut feeling, mm-hmm. but also that's correlated with the Colts. You know, finishing in last yeah. at plus two hundred. Going to need the Texans to get at least kind of close to that, or if not over. That's going to wrap it up for uh, this pod with the AFC East and South. Uh, just a recap. You know, Stuck and I both like the Titans to win the division. Uh, Stuck likes the Colts to finish in last, the Patriots to finish in last. Uh, we both lean under uh, on the Jaguars as well. And, uh, you know, rest of the AFC East, lean over on the Bills, Dolphins and Jets a little bit under. Uh, and that's going to do it. We'll have the AFC West and AFC North episode uh, out next. So stay tuned for that. And then we'll follow it up with the NFC. You can find Stucky on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets or you can track your own. Be sure to download that. Until next time, get this money. Let's go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.